0: You are listening to The Lightforge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success, with your co-hosts ADWCTA and Murps. Welcome to The Lightforge
1: Podcast, this is Abu Dhabi. This is Murps. Hello. We have so much that we need to talk about today. As you guys know, the titles of our podcast aren't really clickbaity, but if they were this week it would be something like, Blizzard messes up again, question (laughs) mark? Is this the end of Arena for all time? Did Dreads finally get a card prediction right? Question mark, exclamation mark, question mark. The answer in short terms is yes, maybe, and definitely no. But we will keep on talking to elaborate. But once again... There is so much to talk about, because if you've been playing the arena, you know what topics we're about to talk about. If you've been Mm -hmm. looking at at Arena HS, you've seen the threads. Let's just jump right into it. And I think one of the easiest ways to kind of talk about everything that we need to address today is to just go to HS Replay, look at the meta. I'm going to Mm -hmm. just simply talk about the top And bottom win rate and the classes, and we'll focus on the top class because I think that's the easiest way to transition (laughs) to everything that we gotta discuss. The number, yeah. Let me let me
0: set it up first, and then you can uh, dig into to the first class we're gonna talk about. So, if you just look at the win rates right now. It doesn't look that terrible. No. The top class is mage. It's 53.5%. And by the way, there's no button, there's no thinking on Blizzard's end. This is just whatever happens, happens, right? Um, because the button doesn't exist anymore, and we have a whole new rotation, there's no way they figured it out. There's no they didn't do any testing or anything. But this is a very good result by pure win rates. If um, if the top winning class is just 53.5, that's normally like a okay to good result even after the button is hit. Um, and it's not even like mages up there alone. I mean, mathematically, it's hard for, you know, a class to be up there alone at 53.5%. Uh, but warlock is 52.6, paladins 52.6, demon hunters 52.4. Then you have druid, rogue, and shaman all between 47 and 48.5% win rates, all playable classes. Um, so we're looking at a pretty decent first stab, which, you know, now is Blizzard's only stab, um, at the meta by class win rates. The unplayable classes are, uh, Warrior's the unplayable class at 38%, um, and Hunter and Priest are at 438 to 43.0%, but it's not like those classes are even unplayable, like, in reality. Like, I think people are just playing both of those classes wrong. Um, so you actually have, like, a decent class diversity, um... Now, digging into the top class, mage, 53.5% merps.
1: Yeah, all right, let's talk about mage. And I think the best way to talk about mage is, all right, what is the most common mage card right now? How is it performing? And and let's break it down. And this card, this is the meme-worthy card. What is the most common card? It is the 10-mana Drakefire Amulet, Mm. which once again, 10-mana, tradable. Discover two dragons, summon them. It's also a fire spell. It doesn't really have any applicability, this meta. Uh, But this is in 50% of all mage decks, and your average number of copies is 1.3. Like You almost have one and a half copies of this uh, when you do have it. So um, what happened here? If you look at Arena HS, you know, you, you have threads. It's like, hey, wait, look, everybody got this wrong, right? The GOAT, uh, you know, uh, like Murph's of Advocate got it wrong. Hearth Arena with Boozer, right? Like multiple ch- Arena champion Boozer got it wrong. Taro, uh, who, you know, just cares a little bit about Arena, obviously got it wrong. <laughs> uh, and of course, Dreads was right, right? The guy who doesn't even read <laughs> any of the cards, who doesn't know mm. how to... Uh, Use five minutes before the prediction. He got it right, right? Well, the answer is yes, but no. Uh, Yes, but for the wrong reasons. Yes, but for the wrong reasons. Uh, And just like many things in Dred's life, he lucked into the right answer, and congrats to him. But let's think about it like this. Um, So why did so many people, quote, get it wrong? Because as of right now, is Drakefire Amulet a C? No, I wouldn't say it's a C. I think it's higher than a C. Now, how do we get to a C? Well, when you evaluate a card, and I'm guessing this is what, for example, Boozer did, this is what Tarot did, because this is certainly what we did when we look at something like Drakefire Amulet, we have to somewhat predict the meta. And this is especially important with any 10-mana card. And before you say, oh, wait, 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 Murps, it's tradable, tradable does a lot to raise the floor of a card. It doesn't really raise the ceiling of a card. Tradable Mm -hmm. is very important to establish that this card Mm -hmm. is never an F tier card. It's just not possible to be an F tier card. But does tradable do a lot or really anything at all to raise it like, you know, into the Bs and the As and the Ss? No, not really. It is a big floor raiser. It doesn't do much for the ceiling of a card.
0: And but before we start
1: talking about the other card, you've you've set it up like
0: like Drakefire Amulet is performing at an S tier level or something. It it is not. Let 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 me just give you some stats for it. Drakefire Amulet is performing in Mage on HS replay, which you know has kind of biased stats, but it's unclear which way it's biased for this card. Uh, but it has the same win rate as like Friendly Bartender. No, no, no.
1: which is also picked a lot. I so, have the perfect stat for you. Okay. Uh-huh. Are, you, are you, are you ready for this? And whoa, this is, whoa, whoa, yeah. and this Hit is the, the point that we are, uh, that I wanted to make, but then you cut me off. Uh, you couldn't let me set it up. Uh, okay. So some of you guys might look at Drake Fire Amulet and be like, wait, wait Murps. it has right now a 59.8% win rate. So we can even round up, let's say 60% win rate, right? Okay. You know what has a 58% win rate or actually 57.6, but I'll round up, right? We're rounding up for, for both. 58% okay. win rate sleepy dragon. Uh-huh. It just means that mages are really 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 good at reaching the end game. Such that if mm-hmm. you do reach the end game, which mages have established that they do, and you just have a big thing to drop, it's pretty good. So is Drakefire Amulet better than a Sleepy Dragon? Duh like obviously there's a decent chance is it
0: a two percent win rate better than a sleepy dragon yeah yeah, yes everybody would have agreed
1: with that it is it is that good but is it like just to show that drakefire amulet is ridiculously amazing no sleepy dragon being just two percent lower in win rate than a drakefire amulet And Sleepy Dragon, also just having that win rate in general, I think goes Mm -hmm. to show that mages have all the tools necessary to reach the late game, and uniquely so in this meta, like more so than other classes. Because if you look at their most popular and most common cards, about half of their top 13, 14 cards are epic removals. And we will get into the epic... Bug offer right in a second, but you look at all of this stuff and you have Rune, Flame Strike, Meteor, Firelands Portal, mm-hmm. Glyph, which might as well be one of those things that we talked about, right? <laughs> Twin Tyrant, Knight Captain, Primordial Drake, Rolling Fireball, Ethereal Conjurer, which might as well be one of those things. These are their top cards, and I'm not even mentioning situational removal. That's not super situational, like a Nixian Warder, but. This is what mages can do right now that they shouldn't be able to do if you had just predicted a, quote, normal meta. Um, And this is why when we look at something like Drakefire Amulet, it's just like, is it good in this meta? Yes, it is better than what a lot of people predicted. Now, if somebody like Dreads came out and said, I think they're going to do something dramatically different with Arena... I think they're going to, whether or not it is the epic offering rate or like, you know, do something crazy. And therefore, I think Drake Fire Amulet is going to be amazing. Then I would give them all the credit. First of all, I I would say you have insider information. (laughs) Like there's no (laughs) way. You have insider information. Uh, But this is one of those times in which because I see a lot of like discourse on Arena HS as well. People are like, oh, everybody got this or, you know, all these people that pretend to know things got it wrong. We are wrong currently. At, like bottom line, yes, it is better, but you couldn't have foreseen this
0: because we're, we're
1: wrong for the right reasons.
0: Yes, um, and, and okay, you're you're still presenting this. So so I, you, you you set it up as if uh, your your example of Sleepy Dragon was going to prove my point. It proved a different point, which we're which we oh you're making going it. down, down that path. Okay, I'm just making a point that its win rate isn't even that high objectively. Like, you're looking at 60% win rate or like 596 or whatever as like this insanely high win rate. And, and it's, it's not. Like, Mage just has insanely high win rates. That's what I'm comparing to like, like totally random cards, right? Like, Friendly Bartender, you know, Firefly, uh, Tar Creeper. Like, these are good cards. These are, these are good cards. They're not, they're not bad cards. They're not like, just like above average cards. They're, they're good cards. They're maybe, B-tier cards, maybe? Uh, I I don't know. I don't know what you would consider these. They're certainly not A-tier cards. They're probably B-tier cards. This is the performance level currently of Drakefire Amulet. This is what people are, like, super hyped about. But they're, they're kind of, like, blowing this out of proportion, even on the win rates, right? As if it's, like, the most ridiculously, like, high card. Like, this is not a Twin Tyrant. This is not performing like a Twin Tyrant. You look at Twin Tyrant and Mage, at 61.1%. It's the uh, highest uh, non-legendary card besides Rune. Like... That's that's your superstar performer, and right? based on what Meross is telling you about how mages board clear is and getting to the end game and whatever works, you can see how a card like Twin Tyrant would be really good because it does both, right? It's like a mini board clear and it's a big late game powerhouse. Um. Anyway, so my point is that it's it, even as it stands, it's not really an A tier card, it's even in the current meta, but
1: it's much yeah. higher than a C tier card, right? So. Yes, I, I I absolutely agree. Okay, so we were making uh, like points that weren't too far apart, but they were definitely different. They were mm-hmm. definitely different. okay. So look everybody's talking about the offering rate bug and if you don't want to call it a bug, you can call it whatever you want, but it's a bug. it it should be a bug we haven't seen this i think most importantly there's been a lot of ruckus and uproar and we haven't had a single dev come in and be like hey guys this is something we wanted to try out it was purposeful you know please hang Uh, like you know hang with us while while we we just test this or something also they literally did this
0: they literally did this like in the in the last meta or like i guess two metas ago at this point uh and they said that was a mistake and then they fixed it yep
1: and there should be no reason for them to bring it back because what it does is it just devalues something that they try to build in, which is rarity tiers, right? Like, mm-hmm. why why do that? Um, so right now, uh, and I won't exactly call it the epic offering bug because people have pointed out rares are also affected. Basically, we have a rarity problem bug or like whatever. I'll call it the rarity problem, Right. Um, and it has significantly messed up the meta. Spammy Arcanist is seen a lot. So defile on a stick. Mm-hmm. A lot of classes have defile on a stick. Uh, and what this really means...
0: Uh, and, and by a lot, it's Spammy Arcanist is being seen, like, I think six times more than it should be or something. Am I, am I getting this number wrong? But it, no. it's a
1: lot. It's not like it's doubled its normal offering rate. Yeah. So, look... Um, you see epics a lot and it's part of the reason really the main reason yeah okay i'll give you the stat on spammy arcanist last meta is uh
0: eight percent this meta is 24 percent. so three times so so it's triple yeah yeah yeah.
1: okay okay okay. Yeah, yeah but
0: triple it's old offering rate it's correct offering rate
1: yeah so if you just looked at uh a and we're looking at the same card here and i don't think like people are like oh like spammy was significantly better slash worse in one meta than the other no i think spammy has always been very good so i think we we should be able to trust that uh epics are showing up uh basically three times more often which means if someone were to predict mage and they looked at like rune and meteor and flame strike and primordial glyph they were supposed to get a third of the current number of these things, along with rolling fireball, etc. That majors <laughs> okay. were supposed to get. Th- th-
0: this is what I'm looking at here. If you look at flame strike, for example, it went from 1.3 to uh, 7.2. So that is like six times.
1: Wait, it, in times. what percent? In percent of decks? Yeah, I'm no right now it's 27% of all decks have flame strike. Flame strike? Yeah. What are well, you looking 7. at? 7.2. Uh, I'm I'm looking at popularity. What are you looking at? I'm just looking at mage stats and in percentage of decks, flame strike is 27%. Oh, I'm looking at popularity. Uh, okay.
0: Okay, whatever. I, I, we'll what? just use spammy. We'll just use spammy Arcanist. Wait, what? Uh, I realize what? I realize the problem uh, with using Flamestrike now because the popularity of the class itself is going to affect it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So spammy Arcanist uh, right. wouldn't have
0: that problem because it's a neutral card.
1: Right. So you should you have to actually look at the class if you're d- going to do that. Otherwise, it's like the. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, but but the neutral card would be the same. So it's about three X.
1: Yeah. Okay. So that's where we're at. Um, And I remember I said this during like the preview or like the card review as well. I'm like, this is assuming that Blizzard just kind of imports the new sets in, doesn't do anything mm-hmm. super crazy. And I'm like, but it's Blizzard. They could just do something crazy. This is kind of like something crazy. Uh, I certainly did not expect them to bring back this rarity <laughs> problem that they previously admitted was a problem and they actively got mm-hmm. rid of it. We've said this before, and you know, at, at this time it's not meant as a knock to like, you know, our purpose isn't to knock Blizzard, but it, it just is what it is. Blizzard just doesn't have a handle on mm-hmm. what they are doing when it comes to arena execution, implementation. Um, we're not even just talking about the adjustments anymore, right? Like TN left, there's no micro adjustments because only tian knew about that but even when tian was there you always had a feeling that they didn't have a good grasp like why were some cards of even the same rarity being offered a lot more than other cards why did this like you know this problem show up that problem show up uh you know everybody jokes about spaghetti code but it, it really is just they created this thing this system which they lost control over and right now, because they additionally don't have Tien, I don't think there is anybody there at Blizzard who has a great understanding or a great control over the <laughs> current system that unfortunately okay. rules over Arena.
0: I, I I don't know about that, because when they fixed the epic bug last time, Tien was already gone. So I think they can fix the epic bug without Tien. I think they've done it before, unless it was, like, the last... Oh, actually, yeah, like yeah, yeah, sorry. I,
1: I, I'm not saying that, like, this is unfixable. Like, that oh, this okay. is unfixable, right? I'm saying, like, it's it just proves that, like... I, I don't think there is somebody there who, like, has a great understanding of, like, the arena system. You know, whatever... Right, right. Whatever levers they pull... Like, no one's issue things, spotting. Yeah, people aren't issue spotting here. And it could just be, like... Um, maybe, you know, they're not, well, they're obviously not putting that much time into the arena. It's, you know, it it is what it is. But, uh, if it was an efficient, clean system, you, I, I would imagine that something like this wouldn't slip through, right? Like the default wouldn't be. This is normal
0: upkeep stuff, right? Every single, rotations are super normal. They do it like once every two months. Uh, Adding cards to the arena is very normal. They do it every two months. So, Doing all that without totally messing up your offering odds, especially with a bug that you just fixed, uh, two, three months ago, uh, that's, that's not, that doesn't happen or it shouldn't happen, but, but it does. And when it happened, no one was too surprised. Uh, it was, uh, <laughs> I think it was less likely to happen than to not happen, but it was not surprising. Because, like you said, no one really thinks Blizzard has a control over Arena or cares, um, and no one's there issue spotting.
1: Yep. So, look, the one thing I'm hoping for is that Blizzard, you know, <coughs> will act in some capacity to do whatever they can to fix some of the issues that the mm-hmm. Arena has right now, um, and and that is number one. Uh, this epic offering problem this rarity problem is not great for the meta um i i think that has to be addressed if you look at the highest sort of the best performing cards in all classes uh typically it's going to be the big dragons (laughs) it's Anixia. it's ysera and people are just trying to discover these if they don't have them if they have them in the deck they're, tr- they're trying to draw them if they don't have them naturally they're trying to do everything possible in order to generate these dragons and it's not super hard you know so they like these are two of the biggest things that i'm hoping that they can address but at the very least if we can just bump down this epic offering rate, you know, less spammies, less BGHs. There's also a ton of BGHs mm-hmm. out there. And, a lot of BGHs. Uh, that would be fantastic.
0: Yeah. Um, and it's not just the epic offering rate. Apparently rare offering rates are also affected. Uh, yep. But that's less noticeable because they're all, basically all offering rates are the same right now except legendaries. Um, so when you fix it, so what happens when you fix the system? Let's, let's look at that. When you fix the system, offering rates don't just go down. Relative offering rates will go up for all the commons. So common offering rates will go up. Like, assuming they fix it, right? If they don't fix it, what you see is what you get right now. All cards are the same, which means you have a lot more epics than you're used to dealing with. And, you know, Rips talked about what the epics are doing in uh, Mage. You can see what the epics are doing in Warlock. You can see in Paladin what the epics are doing. Like, all the good classes are basically riding off this epic bug. Um... But when you change it, the commons are going to shoot up by 1.5x. So I mapped it out based on, uh, HS replay stats. That means you're going to see, uh, um, Twin Tyrant 1.5x more, Night Captain 1.5x more. You're going to see more importantly, all the explorers, which are all common. Those discover dragon dragons, those dragons that are on curve. Well, some of them are on curve, some are not. Uh, but they discover another dragon. Those offering rates are going to shoot up 1.5x percent, and you're you're going to be trading one bad meta for another bad meta. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say like I, I agree we should fix the epic offering bug because that like actually screws with kind of the pacing of arena not even just the pacing just kind of what arena does right like all the expectations everything um whereas the the explorers even though you're discovering these ridiculous anexia dragons uh they are still part of i guess you can still play the game normally until that happens right until you get to your turn 10s (coughs) but it's not like fixing the offering rate bug will actually make the arena a significantly better place, I think, for this meta. Um, unless you think that removing spammies and BGHs, you know, knocking them down to one third their offering rate, but increasing the amount of annexia, as you see, by 40%, increasing the amount of DQAs, the amount of Ivases, uh, oh, well, not Ivases, uh, Ysera's, um, by 1.4x, uh, it, it is a hugely positive trade-off, which I think you'd be wrong that it's hugely positive. I think it's, like, a little positive. Um, but you're, you're going to have a different problem. So whenever they do fix it, and I do think they are going to fix it because they fixed it last time, um, it would just kind of be weird if they, like, don't fix it uh, this time. I don't know how long they're going to take, but uh, you know, I, I believe that a fix is coming. Like, I believe we're not going to sit here, this is, what, mid-February, and go all the way until early April when the next set releases without a fix to, to this bug. Because it is a bug. Um, but once they fix it, the meta's still going to be crap. And it's going to be unpredictably crappy. Because everything's going to change. The The whole epic offering rate is skewing the entire meta. Not by a little, but by the entire meta. 3x offering rates on a whole ton of cards that are very swingy in particular and some of them are very combo at like if are epics that's that's not a, a small thing so your class offering rate may be unbalanced you are going to get more swings on the late end of the game just from the explorers um, and uh, yeah I'm just I'm, I want to tamp down people's expectations of what fixing the offering rate will actually do
1: on the ground uh, to make this a better meta yep And this is why I mentioned the two problems that we need to address at once, right? It's like, you got to fix the epic offering rate or really just, just the rarity offering rate issue. But you also have to address the discovers. And I initially mentioned, if you guys remember, what was my point at the end of the very long review? It was the problem about discovering dragons. Like that was what I wanted to end with. I'm like, this is going to come to a head. And you know, is it problematic right now in the current meta? Well, yeah, somewhat, but it should have been more problematic. Yeah, Like, the epic uh, increased offering rate for epics and rarity is actually hiding, like, mm-hmm. or it dampened what the problem should have been. So, are you annoyed at Anyxia's and Ysera's right now? You should be much more annoyed. <laughs> um, you should be losing like, 50% more of the games that you are currently losing to them. Uh, so, you know, let, let, let's say so far you have done X number of runs and you have lost to seven Anixias. You should have lost to like 10 or 11 Anixias instead. Mm-hmm. Now, th- how does that make you feel? You know, going into therapist mode now, it makes you feel bad. Well, <laughs> that sucks. Uh, that's just kind of the way it is. And <laughs> then let's add in those five losses to Ysera. Well, that should have been like seven to eight losses. Um, and that's why we have to address those problems. And let's talk about the meta now. Because we talked a little bit about the data. We talked a little bit. And we've skirted around what the meta looks like. I played quite a few runs uh, in a very masochistic way. You played like two runs, you said?
0: Mm-hmm. I played my two runs on stream. I didn't want any more part of this meta.
1: Yeah. It, it, it is what it is. So... I have played, I've drafted a lot of decks, and I think I've played about eight runs before I just had to, I I had to stop. Um, But I played almost the entirety of the first day, and then I I played some runs after that as well. Um, Let me tell you about sort of my experience, what the meta is, uh, and how to kind of quote beat the meta, not really beat the meta, but I am doing well. Um, I think I'm averaging like eight wins uh, throughout like my, my eight runs or so something like that. Um, now did that involve getting mage a few times? Yes. <laughs> How did you know? How could you ever have guessed? Yes, I did get mage a few times. Um, here is what the meta is. And this is the reason why a lot of people don't love it. What is important right now? Uh, you do have to curve out. You have to tempo Uh, for the vast majority of your decks unless you are one of the mages in which you have to get mage or sometimes warlock as well uh maybe shaman but less so you draft and you look at your deck and you're just like this is a top 10 percent deck for my class like i have so much of the good stuff so much removal initiative clears and then the late game bombs right if you have that sort of a deck then just play it in that greedy fashion that i'll call it the scolamance way because you should be used to that method in which y- you know it it was very prevalent in any meta like just like last meta uh that has scolamance in it uh in which you are you know you just get these decks that have lots of generation lots of initiative lots of removal and then you are able to either generate or draw into your late game bombs but it's a very safe, very controlling, very, you know, for some people, toxic way to play, right? You just keep on clearing your, uh, your opponent. Mages sometimes warlock, sometimes shaman, uh, can sometimes in this meta do that. They can they can do that exact exact way, uh, you know. But this time without the brooms, without the fishy flyers, you know, without the smug seniors, they do it with uh, their epic cards, their new cards most decks cannot do that anymore. And what happens here is that if you wait and you're just like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna make good decisions and I'm going to slowly eke out this advantage and try to beat this mage. And it's like, well, do I do I sort of like push the tempo a little bit? Ah, I don't want to get AOE, you know, I'm perfectly kind of playing into spammy Arcanist here. Maybe I hold back some here, hold back some there unfortunately that's just not the way to play in this meta in this meta I- i'm not saying like completely disre- disregard spammy completely disregard night captain right uh in this meta more so than in the meta before uh those are more crushing than ever before because of the average deck quality but you have to push whatever advantage you have because a ysera or an ivis or a nixia or whatever uh, just erases so much of whatever you tried to build, like those good decisions that you tried to do, and you want to invalidate as many cards as possible, so you do have to play tempo. And for the vast majority of the decks, you are not going to be able to match up with other better decks, or just the average mage deck-ish. So you got to push it. And what ends up happening is you will feel bad from the losses uh, because there are going to be a lot of losses in which you face this deck and you're going to say, I had no shot. Or if it wasn't just because the deck that you were facing was so much better than yours. And if you guys haven't seen already, uh, the average quote unquote deck is pretty bad. Um, And one of the problems with decks being quote bad there are two kinds of bad it could be on average just very me- mediocre or it could be you have some real trash cards but then you also have like a night captain here a really good card there a really good card here and you know those are some of your big cards but the problem is then do you draw them do you draw them in time you know um so the losses are going to feel pretty bad and you tempoing out is something you gotta do right you have to do i i will also take risks push face a little bit more if they clear me they clear me but in this way i am able to grab some wins that i definitely i'm assuming will not be able to win uh if their deck is decent at all here's the way you should think about it if their deck is trash, just like yours, and you're going to face quite a few of those trashy decks because they're just everywhere, especially on lower winds, you should feel good because it's like they probably don't have the initiative um, that you are fearing because decks are pretty bad, right? Now, once you get into higher winds, and if you're thinking, oh man, I have like really ex- exceeded what I should be getting with this deck, you should probably play more into it. Like, to be honest, you should just be pushing from the very beginning, trying to be very, very aggressive, because you got to limit their options. Like, they will have good cards. And this is why uh, a couple of the threads in Arena HS, like, one is, is this the hardest meta we've ever had? Another one, not just one. Uh, There are also a few that are just like, this is incredibly frustrating. The losses that you will experience in this meta are going to be incredibly frustrating a lot of the times uh and and because it's a sense of lack of agency right you feel as though there was nothing really that you could do uh could you avoid playing into that spammy no not really um could you avoid sort of like not playing into the night captain that really ended this specific game because even though it was called just a night captain uh night captain hitting on like turn five is more crushing than ever before so the losses are going to feel bad some of your drafts actually the majority of your drafts are going to feel bad as in a lot of bad picks and also at the very end you look at your deck and you're like this isn't even interesting it's not even a fun deck it's not even an interesting deck i can get into a game but like what am i doing this for it kind of has to be a leaderboard kind of a thing and this is why um you know like for for all the uh, for however much fun i make of, of dreads um he calls this a retire meta and i agree like if you just want to have fun uh you are probably going to have to retire quite a few decks because if you just take it deck by deck by deck you're not going to have the best time and i'm not saying you're going to lose like a ton and skill doesn't matter of course skill still matters uh, but the the experience of you taking bad decks to far winds uh that's gone down and also um you're just not going to have as much fun playing the vast majority of decks and then you're going to reach that 10 percent of the time in which you get that amazing mage deck and it feels unfair because it is unfair uh one of my mage decks uh i played four runes um, I still almost lost. This was a high win, so it's just mages throwing runes at each other, uh, and it, it like and at low wins. And I also had like uh, a rogue. At, I was struggling at like two and two uh, with with that, and we were just like bumping like three mana three threes into each other. You know, like that 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 was <laughs> it, it's that sort of discrepancy there. So I played a lot in this meta, and. I think I have a good sense of like, okay, what does it take to win? What does it take to maximize your decks? But then you take it one question further. It's like, do I actually enjoy this? No, it's hard to enjoy. Uh, there's obviously still skill involved. There are things to learn about this meta, but the most important thing is like, okay, even taking that into <clears> account, how does it feel? And it doesn't feel great.
0: Yeah. So, so step one is you, you, you should stop feeling bad. Like that's that's really step one to play in this meta because if you feel bad whenever your opponent plays an unfair card. Um, And and that, you know, you never had a chance to win this game ever in your wildest dreams. Knowing what cards your opponents were eventually going to draw and what cards you were eventually going to draw. Uh, then you're not going to have a good time in this meta. But you don't have to feel bad, right? You can just not feel bad and just write that loss off as a, oh, this was predetermined, right? It wasn't your fault. Why would you feel bad at something that was completely 100% not your fault? Um, what skill is very important in this meta... Is the skill of identifying your opponent's deck. And that skill is more important than ever. Because like Merp said. There are a lot of bad decks in this meta. A lot of bad decks. You will be at 5-1, 5-2. And you will still see a lot of bad decks. Why? Because there are like 9 bad decks for every one good deck that exists in the meta. So if we're trying to get to a decent average win rate whether because you're trying to be a soft infinite player or you know you just want to play your decks out and you're not really looking for 12 this is not that bad of a meta to play in um, in that there's actually a lot of things you can do to beat other bad decks you just have to mentally filter out the games that you could not have possibly won because they're gonna happen and they're gonna happen randomly right because it's pretty random whether you face someone like I faced the most ridiculous deck at 0-0. I lost. Well, that whole run then, my remaining win rate is not going to get to where I was going to get to if I faced one of the other 9 out of 10 decks that I could have faced a 0-0, right? Um, But you just got to filter all that stuff out mentally and look at your other games. Because if your goal is to improve, there's actually a lot to like about this meta. For all the games that are not decided by huge ridiculous bombs, which is the vast majority of games actually, Like that's what you need to focus on. The vast majority of games right now in this meta are just crappy decks with one or two bombs against other crappy decks with one or two bombs. That's it. And you know what skill can do? It can win you these games, and it can lose you these games. So, if you just focus on these games and ignore every mage you face and every paladin with the ridiculous, you know, big uh, S-tier cards and every warlock... And every demon hunter that does the most ridiculous like stuff and you know all the other classes that do ridiculous stuff um, when, when they actually pull it out. Well then, you have actually a large collection of your games that actually matter, that you can actually look at for skill. And besides the general advice of curving out, playing into this tempo meta, because you do want to play a tempo meta... Uh, or at least you want to draft for tempo, um, because that is your only chance against mages. That is your only chance against these good decks when you identify them, is you need to very early on, maybe by like turn five, turn six at the latest, identify who you're facing. Are you facing a bad deck, or are you facing a good deck? If you're facing a mage, you're facing a good deck. But if you're facing uh, any other class... Like, figure it out. And you can figure it out based on how aggressively they're playing, right? If they're, like, throwing a lot of, like, small cards out there, if they're playing, like, two two drops on four, if they're, like, not drawing cards, if they're not, like, board clearing you, um, and, and you should never really play around board clears in this meta anyway, um... If they're not doing those things, then they're probably a deck that's drafted similarly to yours, which is a tempo deck that's trying to get under all these big dragons and uh, and that does not have endless card advantage. And if that's the case, then you're just playing a normal Hearthstone game. Like 75% of your games, more than 75% of your games, you are not dealing with Anexia. You are not dealing with, uh, Spammy Arcanist even. Um, but, but if you do deal with Spammy Arcanist, like, just call it a loss, like, whatever. Um, but you're not dealing with any of those outside of normal ridiculousness. You're just dealing with normal ridiculous. Like, Beachy Age is normal ridiculous level now. It's, it's five mana. And Assassinate is four mana. So for one extra mana, you get a four two. Like, is that really good? Yeah, that's really good, but it's not like an absurdly good card. Like, even if it just said, you know, like, kill something, right? Like, it, 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 it's a, it's a good card, but we're not talking a Nixia levels. Like, what you're, what you're annoyed, with. sorry, BGH is four mana, my bad. That's still not a very good card. You get an extra four, two. So the swing, your overage, your bonus is th- six stats. Like, six stats is very little in this game. That's what that's what a Night Captain gets you these days. Like, it's just one more random premium card, right? It's not like a big swing that you can't come back from. Um. So when you take into account all... When you t- set aside all of those games that you get ridiculously blown out by, you still have the vast majority of your games that you are playing normal Hearthstone. Or, I mean, normal Hearthstone as of the last two years and for those games you're playing it the normal way that means you're not just hitting face randomly for no good reason that means so you do hit face randomly for no good reason until you make this establishment right like until you figure out what deck you're facing but if you get the read on your opponent that they are also a bad deck then you can play for card advantage then you can play normally then you can evaluate oh like, I win by card advantage in this meta quite frequently with whatever, like, you know, kind of normal-ish, bad, like, low-quality, but, like, medium-speed uh, kind of decks. Because at a certain point in the game, you can turn. You can say, oh, actually, my opponent has, like, a 5% chance of having a, a big bomb that I can't come back from. And I'm actually going to just win this from a card advantage perspective. Because... Those are the decks that work in this meta. And most people can't make that read. So they're just going to go super aggressive on you. The normal pacing of any kind of trade uh, TCG game is you want to be a little bit slower than your opponent. Or you want to be a lot faster than your opponent. That's how you win. This is just a tried and true system to win any kind of limited format game in a TCG. So... What Murphs is saying is if you're facing a mage or, you know, one of those ridiculous cards, the only way you can win is not to try to be a ridiculous deck yourself, but to get under them. So you have to build a deck that can get under them, or else you will have no chance of beating any mage whatsoever. And that's true. But if you're not facing a mage and you identify a deck as not being, I'm going to call that a turn 12 deck. It's not really a turn 12 deck, I just mean a late game deck. If you're not facing a turn 12 deck, then you're probably facing like a turn 7 deck or a turn 8 deck. And in that case, you have to make your deck, or what remains of your deck, right? Because you've played a lot already. Um, you have to make that one turn slower than your opponent. And that's how you win. Now, if you have the kill, go for it. But if you don't have the kill because, you know, you haven't gotten 15 damage on your opponent's face by mid-game, you can play slower. That is totally fine. But you have to get that read first. So every single game you play in this meta, no matter what you're facing, try to on turns 5 or 6 or even 7 or 8 if you can't get it by 5 or 6, make a prediction. Say, I think my opponent has a bad deck. Or, I think my opponent is really trying to stall here so they probably have something good. And then see if you're right or not. If you can improve that prediction, that read on your opponent's deck you will do a lot better in this meta than if you don't do that. And it's just generally a good skill. Uh, It's a much more useful skill in this meta than most metas, but it's a useful skill in literally any meta. And uh, it's a hard skill to get because it involves reading on questionable information. Um, But it's something that good players can do, and you'll see good players make these reads, like, all the time.
1: All right, um... This is where we're at right now. So, if you are looking to do leaderboarding, I have have no idea why, but if you're looking to do that, uh, then obviously, Godspeed. Uh, Otherwise, if you're just playing Arena for fun, um, yeah, hopefully you have some extra gold. You're going to get decks that you're not going to love. And if you're okay with letting go some decks, just for some mental uh stability then do that uh, because you're just going to get a lot of very boring decks feel bad decks because uh there's some metas in which bad decks can be pretty fun as in like swingy high rolly but you know very likely that you will uh not get consistent wins but that's fine right uh here you're just going to get a lot of bad decks um so if you are able to, yeah. uh, you can have a lot of fun by just redrafting over and over again, and then you <clears> get mage and you get that really good uh, generation deck. You get tons of runes. You just keep clearing. See, down. I don't know. I don't know why
0: people think that's fun. Some people. It's like do. the opposite of fun. And if you have to retire decks to get that, I don't know. Okay, can we
1: make out. sure you don't categorize what's fun or not? Like you, you uh, okay, especially okay, but. But, but should not say what's normal about fun and mm, not fun. Okay, I don't know.
0: When I beat those decks, that's when I have fun.
1: Yeah, I, look, people also like to win, but no, you especially are in no position to just be surprised at what people are, uh, categorize as fun.
0: But I think you're wrong about what people find fun here. I, it's not like I don't read what people think is fun or not. I don't think that many people, or I don't know, maybe casuals do, but I don't think our listeners think that that's fun. Let's, let me rephrase this. I don't think most of our listeners think that drafting ridiculous cards and then you know rolling to 12 wins um, depending on how you roll against other ridiculous decks how many of them you meet on your way. I don't think most of our listeners think that's fun. <laughs> um, yeah, the, most of the general public, maybe even most casual arena players may think that's fun, but not, not our listeners. Most of our listeners wouldn't think that's fun. Um, and, uh, yeah, and unfortunately for our listeners, that's kind of what you need to beat these ridiculous decks. Like you, I, I've squeezed out, like, if you've watched my stream on Friday night, I squeezed out a couple of wins against the most ridiculous decks with our below average, definitely below average decks. And those were great wins. Those felt really good. And you can only get those wins if you have below average decks. You can never get a win with a below average deck unless you have a below average deck. And you can never get a win with a below average deck against an insane deck unless there are insane decks in the meta for you to take down. So, I don't know. This could be a pretty fun meta. You just gotta mentally adjust to it, right? You gotta stop feeling bad about the stuff you have no control over and start feeling good about the small percent of times when you can change the outcome.
1: Ah, so what you're saying is, uh, and I might have heard this before, the meta is good, I just have to learn it.
0: Hmm. No, 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 no. I'm <laughs> saying the meta is good, you just have to feel good about it. Right? Just The meta is bad if you feel it. bad about it. That's like the new one. If you choose to That's feel bad one. about it,
1: it's going to be bad.
0: But if you choose to feel good about it, it's going to be
1: good. Just feel good about it. Instead of feeling bad, Mm -hmm. why not feel good? Yes, yes.
0: Now, it may take some effort, right? Because naturally, this meta is pretty bad feeling, right? Like, if you just, like, kind of go along with it without, like, putting effort in. But if you're a tryhard, you can't just be a tryhard on, like, math and, like, memorizing cards and, like, you know, strategizing. You also gotta be a tryhard of, like, your own internal thing and enjoyment that's happening right like try hard to enjoy the game if you're going to choose to play it or or just don't play it right that's the other option which is one of the things like with the leaderboard advice you're like oh i don't know how you're going to do leaderboard because it's you know kind of terrible right now like don't like seriously wait for another meta it, it can get worse than this but i promise you in the like 2 month span or 3 month span or whatever the leaderboard is these days there's going to be a, a meta in which your skill is going to matter more on average than this one or or the next one for that matter like or if they fix the epic bug i, I think it's going to be maybe a little bit better but still not still way below what you're normally seeing in the arena
1: yep all right i mean i think that's uh the best advice that we can give uh i I know that some for a lot of people it's like wait your advice is like don't play right now yeah look if you want to go for the leaderboard right now it's not the best time and uh, you want to be strategic right for the leaderboard unless you are actually insane and you just you know spam three four runs every single day then sure keep on doing that nothing's going to change But if you want to play some Lost Ark, if you want to play uh, some games that you need to catch up on, I don't know, spend some time doing Mm -hmm. that. Feel free to jump back into the arena. The leaderboard cycle is pretty long. Mm -hmm. So do that instead. Uh, It's not like right now is the meta (laughs) in which, and there certainly are metas in which you can identify. You're like, wait, this is the one to push, right? This is Mm -hmm. the one to push. Uh, I, I can tell you this is not the one to push unless your strategy is oh I, I i just got a high roll right like i just got a high roll mage um and not just like get mage by the way because yeah. if yeah. you okay if you just like let's just pretend you have a million gold and you just want to redraft over and over and over again draft like 10 to 20 mage decks see what the average mage deck is it's not crazy it's not crazy good the thing is the crazy good mage decks are better than like the crazy good whatever uh, yes. other decks right um they're just so good <laughs> they remove remove and then they play rune which is like the best card in the game uh right now and yeah you just kind of crush people with that so it's not uh, even as simple I... as high roll And get mage. It's high roll to get mage and then high roll within mage to get the deck that you just slobber and drool over everybody with.
0: Mm-hmm. But like it feels so good to beat those mages. Like there was this mage that I beat with my crappy deck that uh um rolling fireballed me and then flame strike me and like removed like all my stuff and I still beat that mage and they were like sitting on god knows what right <laughs> like afterwards but they didn't get there uh because because we we got we got our lethal um that just feels good like and uh you can you can plan that kind of stuff. I mean with mage it's kind of like you're. Especially when you're at higher wins. You're like, okay, this mage probably has all the ridiculous stuff that you think they may have. And you got to play to it. Um, and then you're going to lose most of the time. But when you eke out the wins, it feels really good, right? Like, not every matchup. Like, I like to win 75% of my games. I think games that I win less than 66%, I don't feel good playing. That's just a me mentality, whatever thing. So you'll rarely find me play a game in which they're... And this is why I hate the MMR system. Because the MMR system kind of forces you into 50-50 until you're at the like very top, right? So I have like a, a much longer, like less enjoyable experience. Um, but if you don't care about that kind of stuff, um, you can take these kinds of shots at mages and be like, Hey, look, if I can win one out of every three of these games, that means I'm a very good player. Like, that means I'm playing this really right, because they have such a huge advantage. Um, and I'm talking about, like, High Wind Mages. And and then it's, it's fun again, right? Like, there's games that are literally designed where you fail most of the time, and you succeed, like, a little bit of the time, and it's that much more rewarding. Uh, it's just about the
1: approach. Yeah, it's just about the approach. Just feel good. Just, just, just about the approach. Just feel better about the current state. I do agree. I think they'll do something in the next extended period of time uh, I, I just don't know what it is will it be enough and whatever enough means I don't know as well uh, but I, I will see uh, I do know that I am not going to play that much arena right now uh, I spammed it a lot and mm-hmm. just you know, to have a good understanding to be able to sit here and talk to you guys about it but is it something that I really want to spend a lot of my free time on Probably not. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm in the same boat, but I am i don't think this is like... Like, it's a bad meta, but it's not an unplayable meta. I yeah. think they lucked it, They lucked in a lot with the class win rates not being the most terrible thing, which it easily could have been.
1: Well, um, so the interesting thing is, uh, because we're talking about Mage, and you're like, oh, you know, we've had metas where uh, classes are easily above 55 percent, right and mage is definitely not there yet they're like 53 mm-hmm. percent um the reason why mage hasn't like run away with it uh is because there are so many swings um mm-hmm. such yep. that mages once again the average mage deck isn't great it, it, it's just it it's still not good it's just if you're talking about what is one of the best classes to high roll? Yeah, it's mage, but mages also lose because their average deck sucks, so that's the problem. Like, mages lose very often as well to other classes, just from like, oh, they played their knight captain first, okay, this mage loses. They mm-hmm. were able to discover a ysera and the mage who just has like really no good cards, maybe one rune, never drew the rune, they played the Yacera first, right? And like, yeah, they they lose um that's kind of what's keeping mages in my opinion right like not uh not going crazy because it, it's about their ceiling their floor mm-hmm. still is like pretty bad, <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Just, just like with every other uh class as well i mean not as bad as r- warriors are terrible right now like <clears throat> w- warriors are so so bad um their epics are terrible like Not just average cards; it cards in which undraftable undraftable cards. Yeah, so that that's kind of the uh, um, the problem, and I'm hoping Blizzard does something about it soon. Or if they just want to give us a little bit of news, say, "Hey, we're looking into it." That'd be nice too. I don't anticipate it, but that would be very nice. And I think right now, just sit tight Mm -hmm. and. I, I i'm not gonna stop you if you want to try for the leaderboard right now i would just say there has to be a better time period during this time <laughs> for you to go for it that's just me though
0: yeah well we'll talk about some of the new cards more specifically next week um but for now it's a big meta thing like the, the new card like Anixium Warder, um in this meta we were just we were wrong about uh, but, but, like, it seems like kind of an afterthought compared to everything else that's going on with the meta. Uh, so, like, we were under-predicting the amount of dragons that would, like, end up in your hand and under-predicting the kind of overall, like, meta, obviously, as we discussed. Um, so that's why you see a Nixium Warder high up. We'll talk about that, um, next week. But for now, draft a Nixium Warder if you have dragons. Or if you are, like, early in your draft and you can get dragons. Um... Uh, let's uh let's go to question from the goat uh, i want to give a shout out to our patrons at patreon.com slash grinning goat our top patrons for the month are night uh, rv night train yin 15 gold cringe eric l aaron l s dan f kirova R E 4 p and brand new thank you guys so much for helping us keep the lights on at the uh grinning goat and the uh, light forge podcast um where we're doing our taxes right now uh and try i'm trying to like figure out how to deduct uh the co- the computers that you know that we got uh at that we ordered at around this time last year we didn't get until like june of last year but uh these computers are really amazing and oh you know this is all thanks to to you guys a lot of it from the patreons a lot of it from the twitch subs um uh, some of them for the YouTube views. If you're watching this on YouTube or uh, or listening to this on podcast, make sure you subscribe. Um, anyway, just thank you guys so much. Um, I want to... Do, do, do you have a question from the goat, specifically? No. Okay, I'm going to go on a rant. Off-topic rant. Because I want to talk about this. Um, and it, it has something to do with what we talked about today. But but very tenuous connection. Very, very tenuous. Just want to warn you guys. You you may find the next five minutes alternatingly between pointless and disturbing, um, but in case you didn't know, um, uh, I'm a pretty big fan of K-pop. Ever since I met Brand New, she int- reintroduced me to it, and at one point I was uh, doing quite well. I was on the top tier of uh, of the the P tap game, the uh, the rhythm game, Superstar uh, JYP um, on the apps. I did that. I think not last year, maybe like. Two years ago, right? Anyway, there's a show, there's a survival show. This is, this is going to connect some, a little, uh, in a bit. So, so there's, there's a survival show, this Korean survival show, uh, for, like, making this K pop group, this K pop girl group that, uh, that I'm watching. It's called My Teenage Girl, uh, which is a slightly disturbing name and is not at all a translation of the actual Korean name. So I don't know why they did that, but I have gotten in. To the subreddit for that show, and if you guys know me, especially from back in the day, I really don't like people being illogical or wrong on the internet. That just like bothers me. And as you might imagine, the the, the comments from a survival show about K-pop, which has very fervent, fervorous, fervent, fervent. I don't know. Uh, very spirited fans and not very logical people uh, overall um, and people who are not trying to be logical, right? And so I've been just going into that subreddit and just correcting people and saying my opinions that are often unpopular Um. And it's been a lot of fun. Um, you can just check my Reddit history. You just see a bunch of like, uh, Hearthstone stuff. And then all of a sudden it's all random, like, uh, stuff on this, uh, on the subreddit. Anyway, two of the major things that really upset people there is one. And again, I promise this will connect. One, there are like 11 year olds on this show. Um, there's actually like a lot of like 13 year olds. Uh, the 13-year-old girls on the show, and at the end of the show, like, if they get voted high enough, uh, it, it's, they're going to debut into a K-pop group. Uh, and debuting into a K-pop group has, like, these ridiculous schedules, you know, whatever. There's It's probably not good for their mental health. Um, and so a lot of people, besides the awkwardness of watching very young girls, uh, you know, d- do routines that are meant for older girls, uh, a lot of them don't like, and are, frankly, very psychologically, like... Resistant and feel very bad about the idea that they may be watching a show and that they are going to debut these 13 year olds. Um, and they will because there's so many of them and they get voted very highly because they're extremely talented. So that's causing a lot of headaches uh, and heartaches and just people. Probably once every like two, three days, someone will make a post. It'll get super upvoted by more upvotes than I see at anything else in the show. Uh and it's just like, oh my god, I can't believe they're going to debut these these 13-year-olds. Why would they do that? I can't support that. Uh they're not this group is going to lose all of its fans because, you know, not a lot of people would support uh people doing this horrible thing. Um And the other topic that um uh, that is is very popular uh is oh my god this one particular girl is super untalented uh why is is she the the second most upvoted uh not upvoted the second most uh voted on person like this girl her name is Yu Young uh if you follow k-pop you may hear about her soon because she's almost certainly debuting with this group and, uh, she just gets, she's one of the highest voting ones. She's very pretty. She has never formally trained in dancing or singing or anything. And so she's not good at any of the stuff that you may normally associate with being a singer and a dancer. Um, but people really like her. She seems like a cool person. Uh, and she's very pretty. So people are, are, are very upset that she does very well often and that her fans don't seem to care that, you know, she doesn't sing particularly well or dance particularly well so these are the two biggest topics there's there's very little other topics um i would say this dominates maybe 33 to 50 percent of discourse on on this show and what i want to say to arena players right now in this meta is the same thing that i've been repeatedly repeatedly saying to the people who watch this show you know what's happening you know what's going to continue to happen. It's not changing. So if you can't feel good watching this show and playing the arena, then why are you here? Why are you masochistically putting yourself through this? You're putting your time, you're putting your emotions, you're putting your energy, you know, you're potentially putting your money? What well, why? Now, that's not saying this is like objectively a bad product. I really enjoyed the show because I don't mind a 13-year-old's debut and I'm okay with pretty girls debuting too with very little skill. Um, I'm, I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, only good vocalists should be in K-pop groups. I think that's kind of an absurd thing, but um, there's a lot of people that feel that way and and they get very upset. Um, anyway, I just want to say to all of you arena players uh, that feel very strongly about this and cannot find the joy and the ability for your decisions to matter because there is joy to still be found in the arena. I'm not going to stop playing the arena. I don't think it's a great meta, but I still have fun playing the arena. Uh, I still find elements that I can improve upon in my game in the arena, and I'm still feeling out the meta. Um, but if you can't do that, there's two routes. One is to quit, which is totally fine. Like, temporarily quit for the arena, right? Like, come back in the next meta. Uh, You know, for the K-pop fans, go watch a different survival show or, like, something else, right? There's plenty of content. There's plenty of games. Uh, And the other one is to honestly just get over it. Like, it's not objectively bad. You can feel either nothing or positive about it. Or you can feel super negative about it. So... Some people can change how they feel. Some people can find joy. Some people can find the ability to improve at interesting things, right, in whatever they're focusing on or in specific things. And if you can do that, then this whole thing is fine. Like, obviously, devs should still do stuff with Arena. We should still fix the bugs. Um, obviously, you should really, you know, get some psychologists onto this show for or psychiatrists for 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 these young uh, idols, especially if you're going to debut them because they're going to have. They're going to need some mental assistance, even if they feel like they're very strong. Um, but, uh, uh, but, but if you can't do that, and there are people who can't do that, stop torturing yourself. You're only going to make your relationship with something that you otherwise enjoy even worse. Like take a break, come back when they fix things a bit or come back in the next meta, right? Um, this meta was always going to be a mess. This meta is a mess. Fixing the epic bug will make this meta more of a mess in some ways and less of a mess in other ways. And that's okay for some players and it's not okay for other players. But rather than just yell about it and while playing, you can let the devs know that you're upset about this. And you know, stay tuned in. You know, but but you don't have to be playing the arena. Like, don't feel obligated to. I know a lot of our listeners don't play anymore for that exact reason. But I feel like there's some people who are still torturing themselves. And this meta is one of those breaking point metas. Like, it's bad. Um, okay, that's uh, that's that's what I had to say. And uh, you know, if you uh, if you like survival shows or if you're into k-pop i actually think my teenage girl is a great show the finale is next sunday so i'm going to it's a live finale nobody knows what's going to happen because this show freaking makes up its own rules as it goes like you don't know what voting does they never tell you what voting does until they decide what voting does using previous votes and then they like make up the rules it's uh it's kind of a mess but it's very enjoyable uh for me and afterwards, the show is going to have a superstar rhythm game, and I will almost certainly play that game, and I will hopefully end up in the top tier again. And you may, if you play that game, you may see my name on some of the leaderboards. I'm not the best rhythm game player, but I do, I do pretty well. All right, that's uh, that's that's me, uh, and and what I wanted to rant about. Thank you for listening.
1: you know one day you're gonna probably get dementia and it's gonna be really hard to tell the difference that was some sort of that was something that that was some sort of like abe simpson kind of rambling i i have no i i i don't know like me just end it. Just end it right, right right now. This podcast is over. Like we're, we're, we're we we thank you done.
0: guys for listening. Uh, this is the Life Force Podcast. And until next time, this is
1: Adwakta. This is Murps. Goodbye.